0: Currently, it is 59 degrees, and it feels like 59. And then there's no precipitation expected in the next hour. Hmm. Yeah, it's getting pretty good weather these days. Perfect for camping.
1: <laughs> <Gosh>.
0: <laughs> I'm a pro at these segues.
1: You are. <laughs> Seriously though,
0: it It is is perfect for camping. It is, yeah. Not in like the super deep canyons where it's really cold or the really high altitude, but especially perfect for desert camping because of the springtime.
1: Yeah. So where are we going to go? Actually, we're going camping. Let me give you the the, uh,
0: GPS coordinates and the dates. (laughs) I'm just kidding. I have no idea. Um, somewhere with water, so I can filter water and drink it and see what it tastes like compared to where it was last time we camped. And somewhere with trees, because I am not a peasant, and I <laughs> sleep in a hammock.
1: Same, I also sleep in a hammock. So that would be, we need at least four, well, at least three trees. Yeah, at least three. Theoretically, we'd probably Well, if we two. hung them
0: high enough and tied our hammocks together, that'd be kind of awesome. Just like super high up and then just two <laughs> hammocks attached end to end. Kind of rad.
1: Yeah, except that we would basically just
0: every movement one of us makes the other would feel
1: Well yeah, we'd also We'd also look like a giant bra.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> but we would also be like basically completely flat well, I guess yeah, I guess
0: we if we hung it tight enough we'd be okay mostly.
1: Yeah, except one part of us would obviously be way lower than the yeah, other Yeah, that's true. it that so would we'd be either. really uncomfortable. We'd, we'd need like,
0: what we could do to solve that <clears throat> is uh, tie some paracord to the center where the two hammocks are attached and then attach them to the trees so it pulls the middle up a little bit like a suspension bridge. That's that sounds
1: like too much work when we can just find three trees. That's true. <laughs> it's true. Like, all
0: right. Well, I, I mean, it would be pretty tough just to find a place with two trees.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's like Elder Uukdorfs talk. Elder Uukdorfs talk about their story about the pens. They're trying to come up with a bunch of ways to have a pen write in space. Oh uh, yeah. And uh, it took them forever to do, it, and they finally figured it out. And then, in the meantime, they just use pencils.
0: Do you know why pencils are actually bad to use in space? Because you get graphite on your fingers. Not just the fingers. It floats around in the air. Oh, it
1: does? Yeah. That's cool. Like
0: when, you, when you're when writing, it rubs some of it off and floats around and it can damage eyes, which is uh. why they wanted a pen that worked. But, I mean, the Russians came up with a good pen that was just under pressure and eventually had problems. But hmm. they did spend way more money than they needed to on it. Well, why do you like hammock camping over peasant camping? Gosh, <laughs> I'm gonna offend everyone. <laughs> Only the tent dwellers.
1: <laughs> uh, I prefer tent camping because it's way more comfortable. I have I have tent camping. No, sorry, hammock camping. I have two main reasons. One of them is because it's pretty comfy. I normally like to lay flat, but if you hang your Hammock correctly, you can basically get flat and it satisfies. It's like fine for a night or two. Um, So that's the first reason is that it's way more comfortable and you can kind of swing too. Oh, yeah. Which is nice. Glorious. Yeah. I have like a little rope that I tie to a tree that's, you know, to the right or left of me. So I can kind of keep myself swinging, which is nice. Um, So yeah, it's comfortable. Mm -hmm. Second reason is because. It's way like takedown and setup is way easier. <laughs> it's way quick. Yeah. Well, setup can be a little bit
0: getting it right can and, and like adjusting it and stuff.
1: Yeah, but nothing makes me more frustrated than rolling up sleeping bags and, and tent or pulls. tent poles and yeah. like slotting them through the holes. Messing with tent poles. Yeah, I really dislike that. And so, and like rolling a tent out and like having to like sweep it out and... Getting the zipper stuck on the fabric when you're trying to get in the tent. Yeah, just all that stuff is just, Ugh. I don't like it. So yeah. It's for peasants. <laughs> yeah, hammock camping <laughs> when possible is definitely... I I love it
0: for similar reasons. Um, so when I slept on the ground, I, I hated tents and I just do a tarp and a roll. On, the, on like a bed on the ground, and I just enjoyed sleeping out of the stars, and I just I lived with it, and I enjoyed it. There are a lot of people that do that. You either do – you have a nice pad, and you put the tarp over you as like an eight, a lean-to or whatever to keep rain off you, or you put it under you to keep you clean off the dirt. And um, the only problem with that is I'm a side sleeper mainly and then a belly sleeper, and sleeping on the ground on your side hurts your shoulders like crazy. <laughs> Your hips and shoulders get like some serious pain um especially if it's rough like rocky and then on top of that like when you're in a hammock it's just like a beautiful cloud of just comfort (laughs) and you can swing and take set up and take down is a breeze like i'm always set up before anyone who's in a tent and i always take down before anyone who's taken down their tent Sometimes I'll wait until they're half done taking it out of their tent and they're just rolling it up to put it in the thing, and I can put my stuff away in the time that they get it packed.
1: Yeah, it's nice because, like, you just the bag is built into the hammock. Yeah. And so you can just, you just stuff it right just in sh- there, shove it in. But it's also the same with uh, my sleeping bag. Cause, like, growing up, like when I went to scout camps and all that stuff, I had this sleeping bag that was very poorly designed and you had to roll it up. And it just had, like, this, like, basically little tie that would go around it. But the problem was is that the thing it attached to um, – so you fold the – so if you imagine it, you fold the sleeping bag in half, like uh, – Length, width-wise. Yeah, yeah, hot dog. So it's a hot dog, not a hamburger. Yeah, yeah. If you're talking about, like, origami or whatever people use these days. Um, and then you roll it from the opening to the end – the end has, like, two pieces to it, you know, because it's folded over. One of them would have to wrap around the sleeping bag and then attach to the other one. Mm-hmm. But if you imagine, what would happen is it would just pull itself apart. On the edges. yeah, On the edges. And so it would just always come apart. And it was, like, a big, bulky sleeping bag. It was terrible. So now Gosh. I bought a new one because that one went the way of all the earth. Like, the zipper busted and it was it was just all messed up. So I bought a new one that literally just has a bag. It doesn't have any roll or anything. Like I don't have to roll it. it. There's no like ties to tie it up. I can just shove it in just like I do this, the hammock. And so it's like way easier and much smaller and easier to carry and stuff. It's nice.
0: I am super stoked because, um, I have been hoarding camping gear the last couple (laughs) of months. I've literally spent more money on camping gear than I have food. Um, And, I mean, just in the last week, I spent three hundred bucks on camping gear. No, nope. I hit three hundred and sixty today because I ordered a tarp. (laughs) Gosh. (laughs) So, yeah, and then you can imagine my food costs for the last three months have been pretty high because I eat out maybe twice or three times a week, and I've spent more than that on camping gear. It's embarrassing because I, I, you know, now that I can afford it, I am upgrading all my hammock stuff. Because before, I was sleeping with a, uh, a sleeping pad under me, which is a good way to keep the cold off, um, when you don't have much money, to afford like an incubator or underquilt. And so I upgraded my pad to an underquilt, which is basically the bottom half of a sleeping bag, that you put on the underside of your hammock. To keep your back warm. Because when you're laying in a sleeping bag on a hammock, it compresses, and then the insulation doesn't work, and it doesn't keep you warm on the bottom right, and you get icy butt syndrome. Oh, wait. So it goes – actually, I hadn't – wait. So an underquilt doesn't go in your hammock? No. It goes underneath the hammock. It hangs like a hammock from the edges of your hammock, and it goes under, and it's slightly more tense than, or slightly more um, lifted than your hammock, so your hammock rests in it so you're touching it but then it's it's poofy so that it has insulation <laughs> so it's you're you're basically just in a hanging sleeping bag okay and then a top quilt i also bought it's the more expensive is 200 um it has a basically it's like a sleeping bag up to your knees where it's enclosed and then it's split all the way up except you put it on your back so your back is just touching the regular old um hammock and then you're kept warm by the underquilt and then you're above is like a blanket all snug and then you just have a little extra insulation around your feet. Just a little. And so it's just it's glorious. Um allegedly I've never tried one and I bought hammock gear brand which is considered some of the best or is the best most recommended. It's like And and I'm not going to get it for another like month and a half because it's the busy season and they take forever. Because it's all custom made to order. Man, I had no idea about any of this. That's kind of cool. Yeah. And then I got myself a tarp to just hang on a ridgeline above my hammock to keep rain off of the hammock. Oh, yeah. And um, depending on how I hang it, that might make it so I can't swing as easily. Hmm. But that's okay. As long as I can swing a little bit, I'll be comfortable.
1: Okay. <clears throat> so let's, uh, we just have one kind of small ish topic, and then we have to talk about the homework that we had to set for, uh, la- or set last week for this week. Yeah. So why don't you introduce this since this was your
0: thing? Yeah. Um, so do you remember the Green New Deal? This was. Uh, months ago yes vaguely vaguely it's it's it was main sponsored by aoc alexandria or casio cortez i i i know my dad calls her occasionally cortex <laughs> as like a joke because she's kind of um fluff
1: but yeah she's, she's the works.
0: main sponsor of the green New deal which proposed solutions for greenhouse gas emissions in the United States such as removing all flight um, getting rid of cows eventually and there's a there's a lot of just crazy stuff in there it's just complete fantasy world wasn't one of them to replace all gas cars with electric cars or something yeah and eventually obviously to pay for it the recommended or the suggested solution to pay for it was, um use the federal bank to issue the money like credited and then if that's not enough if they can't issue enough to create more federal banks to issue more credit and all i remember is thinking like oh yeah this person has no idea how to manage finances <laughs> because you have to have capital to lend money and creating a brand new bank from the federal government because you ran out of money in the other federal bank means you still have no money <laughs> to lend because you, you lent it all already and you would need money to create the new bank. So it was just, oh, my gosh. Like, theoretically, if there are any wits in that idea of how to pay for it, you could have just created bonds, which is just selling government debt like a stock. And then the interest of the government gets from selling those bonds gets paid back to the person who purchased that debt. But even then, like this is rec- estimated, it costs like seventy trillion dollars to do the Green New Deal or something like that. And um, it's a lot of if money. You took all of the money from every businessman in America that was like the five hundred most, most wealthy people in America. You wouldn't even be able to run the current government for eight months. And it was like $1.5 trillion. So you need 50-some odd times (laughs) that or 45 or whatever. If if Math is hard (laughs) to pay for the Green New Deal. Anyway, that's the Green New Deal. But we want to talk about when the Green New Deal was voted on in the Senate because it was destroyed in the Senate. No votes for it, if I remember
1: right. Yeah, as I feel like it probably should have. I would have just having, like, I remember you read... Everything parts of it. Yeah. And maybe you read the whole thing. I can't remember.
0: I read all of the main bullet points. I didn't read
1: the actual And it was it was pretty comical. It was ridiculous. (laughs) And I remember like you said that someone had someone on the left, because the left kind of made fun of it too. Yeah. It was so ridiculous. And that (laughs) someone on the left said, This sounds like something that someone on the right would say to make fun of people on the left. Like, like it just had like a satire piece yeah. written
0: by the right to make fun of the left, yes. And
1: I was like, wow, yeah, that's actually that that's totally spot on. That's spot, on.
0: <laughs> it's spot on. It's totally something you could see, like, um, Matt Walsh writing to make fun of,
1: yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> or, uh, Louder with Crowder, Steven <laughs> Crowder. Crowder, yeah. Oh man,
0: yeah. but it was legit, it was straight up something that the 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 Bronx, what's her bucket. AOC oh, yeah. submitted as the main sponsor. Like that's, it was treated in the Senate as a joke. Like literally Mike Lee from Utah, um, did a, a, uh, um, a response to it or whatever, a discussion on it. He presented to the Senate and he literally showed memes and jokes and made jokes comparing it to the green new deal to these jokes like my favorite because it's it's like i don't know why i like it so much but it's the very first one he does it's the the uh um how have i forgotten his name president reagan yeah ronald reagan <laughs> riding a velociraptor with a machine gun with a rpg strapped to his back and the Velociraptor's holding an american flag and he says this painting is a depiction of ronald reagan winning the cold war and this is as an, an an accurate depiction as an accurate as accurate of a depiction of winning the Cold War, as the Green New Deal is at solving climate change, like or something, something along those lines. He just completely throws um, shade on the Green New Deal by just
1: outrageously making fun of it for being just comically bad. Yeah, that was pretty. Yeah, that was. We just watched it just a second ago. Like his whole speech. I put a link, or I will put a link um, to it in the show notes. Um, but yeah, it was. It's worth re- a watch just. It, for the it memes. is. Yeah, <laughs> it's hilarious because he. I was not – I didn't know what to expect because he just said, hey, let's watch this. So I watched it. But then, yeah, he he has a bunch of these just ridiculous, like, memes. And he talks about, like, Star Wars and riding giant seahorses and just all these hilarious things that, like – And he does it with a complete straight face, which is, like – He
0: doesn't even smile. Yeah. Like, his assistant, you can see her struggling everyone's smile with, trying not to smile or laugh as she's, like, putting up pictures and stuff. But he is – straight up, just stone cold presentation.
1: Yeah. yeah it's pretty awesome. So, it's, it's impressed. Like go Utah <laughs> Freaking
0: respect for him. And thank goodness he's our Senator. Like that's awesome. Um, what do you think of his solution for climate change?
1: Um, I thought it was actually pretty interesting. Something I've never thought about before. So basically his solution to climate change was m- more kids, basically more babies. Because more engineering minds, more like the higher the number of
0: people on the planet, the higher the chance of innovation.
1: Yeah. So we'd have more innovation. And I like what he talked about how or when he said basically that uh, climate change is not going to be solved by social engineering, but actual engineering, which I thought was really interesting because you think about like, you know, what. The, you know, what we say is problematic with climate change, you have, like, cars, um, you know, obviously, like, burning a bunch of gas all the time, and um, just a bunch of things like that. You know, the way we have, like, a bunch of dirty energy, basically. There's a, there's a bunch more, but basically dirty energy, and, you know, you think of things like, you know, electric cars that are coming out, and those are pretty pretty new, but the... We're, not, we're never going to get people to just not drive. Like yeah, saying, okay, impossible. we're not going to drive. We're never going to have that. We need to create better ways of doing the same things or in a more cleaner and more efficient way. Or in the case of
0: trains, they used to be the main mode of transportation, transcontinental. Um, Now they're not because we fly and flying is more efficient. If flying is quicker. There's less like it's just it's more efficient.
1: Yeah, and so just coming up with and so basically he said that the more innovation we have, that is how we're going to solve climate change, which like, was really interesting actually.
0: Even then, for example, if like you think about the boring company that that Elon Musk has. Oh yeah. If all the cars are driving in tunnels underground, you can install infiltration uh, filtration systems to remove the CO two. Hmm. Yeah. Um, It would be a massive undertaking to do that, and it would be difficult because it's expensive to filter CO2. But that would be a potential solution of CO2 emissions from cars, other than going electric. Yeah. And going electric isn't necessarily a CO2 um, solution because even though the car doesn't produce the CO2, the places that manufacture the cars do – the places that manufacture the batteries do, et cetera. But the good thing about electric cars is it localizes all the CO2 to one area, which makes it easier to deal with when it's all in one area rather than spread out over the entire nation. Yeah. So, I mean, his his solution, I really like his solution because, um, it, it's been proven already. Like the more humans there have been on the earth, the more innovation there has been, the more intelligent minds there have been. And, like, having um, more kids is something we already want to do. It's something we're able to do. Like, we have the infrastructure for it. We have the space for it. Goodness, there's so much empty space in the United States, and people who, who live in highly densely populated areas don't realize just how much empty space there is. Um, and, you know, just more people means more intelligent. It also means more dumb people, but intelligent people make up for the dumb people
1: yeah so i think it's <clears throat> i don't know i wish i don't know i wish he would have presented it just a little bit differently because it seemed a little bit fluffy i was like oh the solution is more kids you know it just yeah uh, unfortunately
0: like... um he kept the same tone that he was using prior so it just came off as this is another joke right
1: yeah it came off as a little babies. bit like okay that's a little weird i wish he would have spent a little bit more time on like Building I mean, up he, to it, or... Building up to it, yeah, but kind of more changing the the mood or the tone of it, and then also instead of just saying, the solution is babies, or, like, the solution is, like, greater innovation, because that's, like, literally what it would be. And, and, you know, the kids is obviously what produces that greater innovation, but the actual like, remedy is going to be just better technology. Better technology, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So. Like
0: I liked his point how um, more heavily regulating what we already have is not as useful as generating more um, intelligent solutions. Yeah. Like like you can that, that's the same idea as as the economic like that's that's re- a really conservative idea. Like you don't heavily regulate something to solve a problem, you give it competition. If that makes sense. So when it comes to like economics, you don't heavily regulate the market because there's not enough food to go around. You encourage growth in food development. Like it's the same idea of wealth distribution. The reason why I don't believe in socialism is because when you take money from a rich person and give it to a poor person, there is no more wealth generated. But if you encourage growth, where there's production of wealth. That's just a net gain for the entire community. Yeah. Yeah, anyway. My gosh, it's
1: totally worth it just for the Velociraptor picture. Like <laughs> yeah. Seriously. That picture is pretty awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you guys are definitely watching. It's it's like 13 and a half minutes long. Um, it's... And
0: you're going to laugh for at least 20% of it? Yeah. Unless it's... you really like the Green New Deal, then you're not going to laugh at all.
1: I just don't know who would, though. I I I mean,
0: there were a lot of people that signed, I mean, on the left that that, that totally said, oh, yeah, we support this before the Senate voted on it without ever reading it.
1: Yeah, it just seemed like such a joke.
0: Yeah, that's because it was
1: not intentionally, but it was
0: accidental comedy. Man, And it wouldn't be so bad except AOC regularly says pretty stupid things. And regularly puts out pretty dumb things, and just for this to it was was just at the time icing on the cake. I don't think she's been in the news recently for anything outrageous, but
1: yeah, I don't honestly, I don't follow politics to know. All I know is her name that she's abbreviated as AOC. Yeah, she's just some New York. Yeah, I don't really like.
0: I don't really want to talk specific people um, much. It's just this this green new deal thing is just so funny. Like it's just seriously from the actual bill reading it, it reads like satire to this video is it's seriously just a classic.
1: Yeah. Well, it's done now. So yeah, apparently. Yeah. No votes for it. That's good.
0: What's awesome though is this is a, a prime example of our homework.
1: Oh, you're you're right. So the homework was, so we called it the five dimensions of warfare, but that was only one like little section. I mean, it was one of the sections that he talked about in the, in the video. The actual video was called the future of war and how it affects you. Yeah. Um,
0: This is part of his series on, um, the power of information. So he does another three part series later. About social media and how it influences everyday people, that's also very worth watching. Um, and actually makes me want to quit social media completely. Uh, I don't know if I will because then I'd miss out on literally 90% of what my family says um, to each other. But yeah, this video is awesome, I really like it.
1: Yeah, so he starts. So, this is a guy he. He made he's an educational YouTuber. His name is, or he, he has a channel called Smarter Every Day. And he's just a good good guy. He's just yeah, he's, he makes he's really, really kind. Interesting videos. He's just a nice Christian He's, he's a Christian, total right?
0: Yeah, he's Christian. He's a total dork about science. Yeah. Um he geeks out in
1: all of his videos about something new. Um He has a very, very one of the things that he does a lot, he has a very, very expensive camera that can film. Like yeah, like ten thousand frames per second, more than that, or just something ridiculous. I and think so, he can get up to hundred thousand on it, which is insane. And so he's able to to do all these these really cool slow motion shots. Yeah, and these stuff. amazing slow motion shots of like you know physics happening basically. Yeah, and so, yeah. so he explains like the physics behind certain things, and then actually shows you in slow motion. Some of
0: the coolest videos he does is um, there's a specific way where you line up two mirrors next to each other, um, and you record it. Through a certain filter or something like that, I can't remember if I I might be butchering this completely, but you're able to see how something passing through the area that's being filmed, how the air reacts to that object. It's like a silhouette of the object, and then you can see the air moving. And he <laughs> does videos of shooting through it, like bullets. Oh, yeah, and you can see um, the slipstreams of these bullets, and you can see subsonic bullet. He analyzes like subsonic bullets and supersonic bullets and the different like you can you can literally see the sonic boom behind the bullet as it's traveling hmm. and there's some really cool stuff um he he's actually I think the first one to have like hard documented evidence of a certain theory uh that they he was he co-authored um a paper on it and you can see his step-by-step stuff in his video about it hmm. and it's it's rad if you like um just science stuff it's totally worth watching
1: yeah a lot of science it's entertaining physics yeah it's and he's he's just such a cool guy he has he's good like rapport on camera and like he's just fun to watch basically he's a classic charismatic guy um but anyway so this video uh was specifically about uh (laughs) war i guess but he starts out by basically confessing that he has been
0: He's been an agent of the Department of Defense
1: or something? Yeah, he's been basically secretly Special yeah, counsel. That's working what for the government as like a missile tester. He just basically he analyzes, missiles, about missiles, missiles. Like analyzes missiles and he couldn't tell anyone apparently. Um, or maybe he could. He just didn't. I don't know. But he's been doing that for 15 years and all of a sudden he just comes out with his video. It's like, hey, FYI. It's been FII. like stamp of approval from the Department of
0: Defense. Like the beginning and ending of the video says, this has been approved under section blah, blah, blah by the Department of Defense. Yeah,
1: it's not classified.
0: Un- yeah, it's unclassified. Yeah. And it's it's intense. Like you you watch it and you're like it's not his typical tone of video. It seems a lot more um what's the word? formal.
1: Yeah. But and at like the same he, time,
0: it's still him, so it's still entertaining.
1: And he had, like, he had like a message to it. Most of the time, it's like, hey, check out this cool science thing. This one is like, I have a specific message, something that I want to share, and I'm going to do it in this particular way. Yeah. So he starts out the video with um, showing, like, footage of him working, like, and doing, like, some interesting— doing one of his assignments. Yeah, he has, like, a bunch of different, like, assignments— or these little clips of just him doing interesting things during, you know, his assignments. But then, the kind of the main build-up assignment— Is he was supposed to film? Apparently, it was like this thing. I can't remember what it was called. Yeah, it was. Everyone gets together. All these like different nations, like Japan. um, Who else was it?
0: All I remember is there was Japan involved. Yeah, and and America. Of course, they go
1: out in like the ocean uh, near Hawaii, and they basically just bomb retired a boat. Yeah, they retire a boat and they sink it through
0: different missile types to test how they impact the boat. And eventually, you know, a torpedo. But they had like five, six, seven different types of missiles. One of them was like ground to ground, ground to boat. And they have like air to boat and then boat to boat. And then they have a torpedo. And he does a, uh, um, you know, slow motion of all this. And he talks about the struggle of filming from, you know, 500 feet away. No, it was further than that. He was super far away.
1: Yeah. In a helicopter, in a
0: helicopter, like trying to stabilize a slow motion shot of this going on from super far away, because they had to be safe, and they're on a helicopter, so it made it even harder to film. And it's really kind of cool to see what he was able to get in spite of those like setbacks. He must have been planning this for months,
1: yeah, on how to film
0: it. Could you imagine the stress of? Well, crap, I didn't get any usable footage from that. Yeah,
1: considering they literally, they literally sunk this sucker. It was huge, like it was a giant. Craft, you know, this giant boat, and they just completely sunk it. The torpedo shot was cool, like the last one. Oh, yeah. Because it, like, hits it kind of in the center, and it, just and it literally lifts, breaks the boat in half. Lifts the whole boat and just breaks it in half. Like cool. it, it, like, snaps in half.
0: It's so cool.
1: Yeah, so you should definitely watch at least to that part. So then it, it, the video segues a little bit, and he starts talking about... The different types of warfare that we have, different dimensions. Yeah, the different dimensions. Is what they called, and so he talks to this one guy who has this. By the way, did you see that amazing like map thing? Oh, yeah. that little the little sand map. This was the four star general, right? No, this was the guy. No, the before. guy before that. He, oh, which one was that? He talks to this. Yeah, I can't remember his name. He's just a, a guy, just kind of a normal um army. I don't, he's not normal. I don't. I don't know anything army about the army or something like that. You can't tell.
0: Military dude.
1: Yeah, some military guy. But he has this like. This map?
0: Oh yeah, that's like like that was the uh, the the was it like the major, or someone in charge of, um, dealing with navy, air force, and land dimensions of warfare and planning it. And he had this like weird projector thing that you can manipulate with your hands.
1: Yeah, it was like a. From what I took, it looked like a sandbox. Yeah, and. The, there was some type of thing above it that would measure how deep the sand is and it would project like a topographical map.
0: So you could with just move the colors sand to like you dig a hole and water fills up that hole.
1: Yeah. And as you like build little mountains, the color that's projected on the sand changes depending on the like the elevation, quote unquote, elevation, just like yeah. a topical map would. And so the whole thing looks like a topographical map and you can just manipulate. Like at one point, he just pushes it in with his hand and then the color changes because obviously the elevation quote-unquote, would have changed. And it was just really cool. Anyway, it's kind of a random thing, but I was just like, man, that's actually pretty cool. Um, So we talked to him for a bit, and he talks about the five different dimensions of warfare. Um, And so traditionally, there have been three. You have the sea, the land, and the air. Yeah, Yeah, I mean,
0: traditionally, it was the land and the sea. And then as we got planes, it became the land, air, and the sea.
1: Yeah, and so now he says there are two more. We have space... Which is, you know, we have satellites and all that Kinda stuff. Kind of mind-blowing. Yeah. And the last one was uh, cyber. So just basically. Information. Yeah, information and in the web and stuff like that. Um, the five-star, four-star
0: general also said that he believes there's a sixth, which is the human dimension. Um, but he's like, that's not an official one. And he was mostly referring to how literally everything that we come in contact with has a psychological effect on people. Oh, yeah. And I liked that the the human dimension. It makes sense because um, as we're getting into more technological advances, warfare when it's actually physical is gonna end up being art of like in like machine against machine that's being orchestrated by humans. Mm-hmm. And then the cyber kind of encompasses that as well as how we are affected by the cybernetic um, cybernetic. Is that the right word? No, cybernetics is like human machine interfacing. I have no idea. Uh, so cyberspace dimension. <laughs> I don't know. I can't remember exactly, but basically, um, you know the cyber dimension affects how people interact with each other online, the dissemination of information and and the the uh, just the how we are influenced by it.
1: I don't know. I feel like to me, one of the things were the main points. There was a couple main points that I got from this video. Let me pull up my notes here. Um, <clears throat> the first one that he talked about was kind of a big section of it was um, talking about multi dimensional opera- or multi domain operations. And so that's kind of where the lines get blurred between the two, where you're not just doing everything by sea, you're not just doing everything yeah. by land or it's whatever. Like, but um,
0: you- I think the perfect example they showed was the ground or air to ground or ground to sea missiles or they are used like they they you control them via satellite like like what are they called crew missiles those super long distance missiles yeah. are controlled via satellite or whatever like you're using multiple dimensions to control that missile
1: yeah and so how now it's not just you know all the land people and all the you know the land leaders and stuff they just focus on on their own thing but you have to interact and kind of it's has to be much more synchronous in what you yeah. do and that allows you to he he basically said it's like a spider web effect which you have all of these different things which makes your enemy Uh, be on its toes more because it's not just okay well the troops are moving this way the boats are moving this way it's more like okay this is happening and and this is affecting that and that's doing this and it's just there's much more uh, variability in what can actually happen and so you're keeping your your enemy on their toes more and he has this he had this phrase that i thought was really interesting but i can't remember what it was um i think the he does talk about one of the examples of of
0: what modern or the future of warfare will be is the cold war like the cold war not a single violent act was um well there probably was but not a single um allegedly not a single bullet was fired and not a single um violent like action was done between america and russia but there's plenty of um positioning Threats, information, spying—all these crazy different warfare tactics that weren't actually all-out war—to mm-hmm. um, try to to gain power and win. And I think that's a good example of of his point of that—that's you know the future of war um, when we're not fighting peasants. Yeah.
1: So this is interesting. As someone who knows like zero things about the military. It was just kind of interesting to hear him talk about it and how it's changed over the years. I th-
0: so my question is, why do you think the Department of Defense put this video out? I mean, they briefly touch on it in the video about one of the potential obvious intents of this video <laughs> is to let the enemies know or the alleged enemies or the potential threats know that we're mindful of this and we're taking actions that you can't even see to To protect ourselves against this sort of stuff, and so uh, Destin, at one point in the video, the host, at one point, smarter every guy, day guy, says, "So this web, this this video is a weapon." Then, I just made a weapon, and the Forest Attendant General says, "Yeah, exactly. This can be used as a weapon to protect, um, to show confidence." you know like that what what do you what, what do you think are some of the reasons of the video though aside from that one do, do you have any thoughts on that
1: um not a ton other than like kind of the obvious ones just thinking about you know just basically that yeah the the united states government has a ton of resources and we have yeah. a bunch of yeah resources basically and so him kind of explaining all this <clears throat> is almost like an intimidation thing like hey check it out we got a lot of stuff going for us so uh, it's
0: like the somewhat obscured but very public nuclear bomb testing that we did in the during the cold war it was it was meant to be seen so that the russians knew the firepower we had right
1: yeah and i could see that being a very similar thing in the the cyber dimension yeah. of warfare where it's it's something that's on the internet that they can see and, you know, it kind of, it also kind of educates obviously like his channel is uh, based on education. education yeah. And so y- if you're educating people, <clears throat> uh, you know, hopefully or anywhere, but like specifically in the United States, it kind of, you know education is power knowledge is power i guess is technically the phrase and so if you know more about the way that our government works and what kind of they're thinking it kind of you know can help in some in some ways i don't know yeah yeah i totally
0: agree with that um i think it's interesting Is um i think one of the overarching overarching goals of this video is to show that information is just as much a tool of warfare as a literal bomb is and i you it kind of he kind of goes on in other videos to kind of drive that message home with with as i mentioned earlier the videos on social media um they're totally worth watching um because like you think about it like you think about the war on terror that's been going on for the last However many years, you know, almost, almost going on to two decades now. Do um, you think about that idea of the war on terror? Um, if you're able to get your enemy afraid of you, you're, you've already won mostly. Uh, if you're able to get them to, to feel desperate, you've won. And like the, the, I, I'm pretty sure there's probably some, some, uh, enemies of the United States that are literally afraid of ever doing anything against the United States because the United States is a giant. And it's because of these sorts of, um, what's the word? Um, positioning? It's a different word for positioning that I'm thinking of that I can't remember. But it, it it's makes it's, it's basically the same thing. Like that the United States is positioning itself as a superpower. And that's one of the things that helps make it a superpower in the world.
1: Um, and then I feel like for me one of the – the ending – because so Destin, he talks at the very beginning. Just this is like him explaining the video, explaining what he's going to see and all that stuff and that he has this interview. And then he goes through all his footage and you know all the interview with the four-star general. And then after, he kind of talks and kind of sums it all up. Yeah. Um. And I th- one of the interesting things that he said in there – um was talking about how we are all part of the the cyber domain like we're all like in this war we're all kind of soldiers but not yeah boys. and he said that just an interesting idea or thought that he had was that we always think of the internet as just kind of this place that we just go, we just talk, we just laugh, there's there's jokes, there's memes, there's funny videos, you know, there's liking, subscribing, just a bunch of like... Cultural
0: connections.
1: Yeah, just a bunch of cultural connections and funny things. And a bunch of useful things too. It's not all just, you know, It's not all just fun and games. Um, But that, you know, that the strongest enemy basically is the enemy that no one knows exists and that there can be a bunch of nefarious stuff, a bunch of like... Things going on that can be uh, altering what we think, how we think of the world, be I mean, changing our point of views, all without us knowing it. He I mean, totally,
0: yeah, this totally is attached to his social media media videos because he goes into like super close detail. He actually talks to some people at YouTube, and and he talks to some people at Twitter, and some people at Facebook. I don't think Facebook allowed him to film, um, but maybe it was youtube that didn't allow him to film no yeah youtube is the one that didn't allow him to film his discussions but the facebook one was interesting because he brings up how there are these um these fake unknown entities that created these these groups that posted highly controversial stuff with with the intent of um causing and some of them they're actual literal events that in-person violence like like between two parties that were caused by a fake um, post by an unknown entity it's mm. like it's interesting to think that that there's there's so much manipulation of the masses going on because of these unknown enemies
1: yeah, and I, I feel like that was really interesting because you can really, just like you're talking about the Cold War, like positioning yourself, or like, you know, it's all just strategic. There's no battle was actually fought, physical battle. And just, and as kind of in this video, it seemed like the general was positioning us as, like, yeah, we are a superpower, doing all this stuff. We have all of these things going for us, and we're continuing to think about this stuff and, you know, act on it that, you know, if everyone in the United States thinks a certain way, like it shifts, I don't know, it can shift way more than I feel like we realize, Realize, yeah.
0: Or notice, or you can even imagine.
1: Yeah, and so just making sure that, and and he actually says this in the video at the very end, just kind of realizing and being more conscious about what we're consuming, what our thoughts are, what are the things that we're, the we're doing. The source, especially. And the sources of things, and... Uh yeah. And then at the very very end, he kind of just calls for unity, which yeah. I thought was interesting. He it's says very that,
0: important for us to be um, conscious of the person on the other side.
1: Yeah, and that he said that if if people want to, they could find a dividing, you know, thing in the United States, probably things like political things, where no, something definitely. very, very divisive. And they can just amplify that. Just drive a wedge and hammer away. Yeah. And they can, you know, totally divide our whole entire nation, which is. I mean,
0: we're already kind of, pretty dang divided. Yeah. And we we are. already know that the that there have been Russian bots and Russian fake Facebook pages that have attempted or success successfully fueled even further division.
1: Yeah. And so just making sure that we're unified, even though we disagree on things. But we can still be unified as, like, Americans. (laughs) Okay, so for next week, um, homework is going to be a talk, another general conference
0: talk. It's a speech at BYU.
1: Oh, it's a speech at BYU. Okay, never mind. It's called uh, But for a Small Moment, and it's by Elder Maxwell. It was given in 1996. Uh, So there will be a link to that in the show notes. That's what it says. I don't know. I don't know if that's accurate anymore. Okay, it might not be accurate. Accurate, I should say. Going uh, to... No, 1974. 1974, really?
0: Okay, wow, super old. Okay, that makes um, sense. so
1: there's a link to the BYU speeches website. Has it? Um, also has it. Looks like a video and oh, yeah. audio, so you can watch you, it. You listen can listen to, to it. it. You can read it. You can watch it. It's pretty cool. Um,
0: it's one of my favorite talks. Just for a sneak peek, he talks about how. I mean, you can probably guess, but for a small moment, he he talks about this analogy that I love. Um, uh, that like, the smallest, youngest person or the smallest thing, can can view time completely differently because their lifespan is so short to something large, like we're big. But as children, you know, days go by way faster. As adults, I mean, adults they go by way faster. But as children, they you know, they go for on forever. Like especially dogs. Like you think about a dog and you're gone for eight hours and they freak out because you're back because, you know, they don't have as long of lives as we do. So, you know, it kind of talks about that and how perspective is key. Hmm. Anyway.
1: Yeah, so we'll uh, talk about that next week. I have, I don't think I've read this talk. So it'll be basically all new to me.
0: I, at one point, had the first like three minutes of it memorized. I had listened to it so much. <laughs> it's, it's seriously so good. That's awesome. Um, it was one of the best pick-me-ups for when I was kind of down in life hmm. that's awesome and it's really good for when you're happy too just saying <laughs> it's always good just go watch it <laughs> read it listen whatever
1: sounds good so yeah uh, somehow uh, consume that talk and then next week we will talk about it yeah. um, and then other than that just make sure to uh, if you have any feedback anything you can contact us on the website uh, midnightstrollpodcast.com we have a contact form there um so yeah you can reach out to us if you if you like.
0: Um let's see, did the temperature change? It did. 1 degree. 2 degrees. It is not wow. 57. <laughs> and it
1: feels like 57. Sounds good. <laughs> Ciao. <That's it. laughs>